We're starting a new series today. We're starting a series called Beyond These Walls. Here's the deal, okay? We just went through a series called Going Home. And we've been talking about putting up some walls and, and, and a building and some life and ministry that could go on inside of it as we talk about worshiping him and walking with him and working for him and serving inside the church and what an awesome ministry that can be had there as we look forward to all that's going to be taking place. That's going home. But there's more that we're called to do than just that. It's let's make sure that he is also spoken of on the streets. Let's make sure we reach out into our communities, to our friends, in our families. Let's make sure we get the word out worldwide that we serve an amazing risen Savior. Amen? That's where we're headed this next few weeks, is we're going to be talking about beyond these walls. So what's it look like to take the message to the streets? In fact, today we're answering this question. Why missions? Why would we even do it? And why global? That's what we're focusing on today, okay? We're going to break it down into three weeks. Global missions, and then we're going to talk about local missions right here in our own backyard. And then we're going to talk about personal, friends, family, neighbors. How do I share there on the third week? And then the last week, we're going to do some baptizing. We're going to be celebrating him right here in this place. For those of you who haven't been with us, we're going to put 400 gallons of water right here. And we're going to lift up his name as we worship his work in our lives. Amen? Okay. So beyond these walls, that's where we're at. We're going to jump into Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Uh, we've got the ushers coming forward. For those of you who don't have Bibles, uh, just raise your hand, get the ushers' attention, they'll get a Bible to you, okay? Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 is where we're starting. The first point, the first answer to the question, why missions and why go global? Well, here's something you need to know. First point, worshiping Jesus Christ is to be our consuming passion. Worshiping Jesus Christ is to be our consuming passion. This is what we need to be all about. Worshiping him. Okay, let's just start in verse 16. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. The 11 disciples notice at this point, Judas is defected, right? He's out. He said, I'm done. I would rather trade you in for some cash. Worship is not on my agenda. Self-gain. That's my agenda. And he peeled off. So now there's 11 disciples and they've been told by Jesus where to go. It says, go to the mountain just outside of Galilee, right? Go there and hang on. I'll be there. And you can only imagine as they got there, the 11 of them, they're like, I don't know. He told us to go here. He's not here. Right? I, maybe. I'm not sure what's going to happen from this. I mean, we, we've kind of heard what's going on. There's the rumble on the street of him being alive again. And what, where is Jesus? What's going on? And they're hanging out waiting for Jesus to come through with what he had promised. They're being obedient in the moment as they're now in Galilee at the mountain, which Jesus called them to. In verse 17, it says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. They worshiped him. Can you imagine? They're standing there and they're waiting around and some of the doubt that starts stirring up and some of the questions and we're not really sure of and I'm not sure which way to go and all of a sudden, here he comes. And you, the first guy's like, is that, is that him coming? You know, and the others around him are like, I don't know. He seemed, 
he seems to be walking kind of good for having been crucified. You know, I don't know what's what's really going on. And Jesus is coming forward and then he gets up to him and he's like, you've got to be kidding me. It's him. And they drop to their knees. Now, remember, these guys have a Jewish faith going on, right? I mean, when they're praying, they're praying, moving and getting right They're into it. You can't imagine what the worship looked like. I mean, people dropping on their knees and people raising up their hands and the tears coming down their eyes and they're reaching out to touch him and just say, you are amazing. And you have so, so fulfilled what you said. You are worth everything in me. You are worth worshiping. Amen. That's what we're talking about. They were literally celebrating him with all they've got. Tears and joy and crying out, thanking him and praising him, just wanting to hear the stories of what's been going on. Lord, tell me what you want. May I worship you with all I've got. Notice it says right after it, but some doubted. There were still a few of them there going, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not sure I'm in on this yet. I got some questions. I got some other focuses I'm on right now, and I'm not sure. And in the midst of this combination, Jesus is standing there with them, power worshiping and asking some questions. There's 11 and maybe more. It's not quite clear how many are there. Certainly the 11, maybe more are there. And there's some level of celebrating him going on. Worship. That's what you and I have been created to do. That's what we're to be about, is lifting him up with all we've got, giving him our complete focus. Lord, take me. I want to worship you. You know, as we talk about worship, as we talk about the opportunity to worship, I mean, a, a verse, for example, 1 Corinthians ten thirty one, that whatever you do, May you do it glorifying the name of God Almighty. Whether you eat or drink or whatever it is, glorify Him. Celebrate Him. Show Him off. Make Him famous. Give Him the preeminent position in your life. That's what we need to be about. How do we do that? Top four ways to worship Him. You ready? Top four ways. Number one, attitude. Might just want to write these down there underneath in the, in the blank. First one is attitude. Just a lot of praise and a lot of thanksgiving going on. A lot of, you've got to be kidding me. Thank you, Lord, for what you're accomplishing in my life. Look at how your hand is moving. A thankfulness for him. An amazed approach to him. That's attitude. I mean, we're talking everyday type attitude. It's like every moment consider what it would be like without him and how awesome it is with him. Lord, may I worship you and thank you for what you're doing in my life, in my family's life, in this community, in this church. Praise his name. That's the first step of worship. Second, willingness. So attitude, then willingness. Give yourself to him. Lord, what do you want from me? Where would you have me to go? Look at Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, right? He, he enters the throne room of the Almighty. And in the midst of being in the presence of God, the first thing he does is drop to his knees. The second thing he does is say, where do you want me to go? Here I am, send me. 
You are awesome. Take me, Lord. What would you have of me? Who would you have me to share with? Where would you have me to share with them? I'm on my way. Send me right away. A willingness. Just give yourself to him. So attitude and willingness. Third, cleanness. A cleanness. Just breathe spiritually. We talked about this last fall in the going homes or in the um, Grow Right series. Wrong name there. There we go. In the Grow Right series. And what did we talk about? It's this idea of standing before him and saying, Lord, I want to exhale and inhale. Exhaling out. Just confessing whatever needs to go. Please forgive me for the wrong attitudes, for the, the mouth, for the complaining, for the gossiping. Forgive me for the covetous thinking or the whatever needs to go. Just let me let go of it, God, for you. Confessing the breathing out. Right? But then at some point you need to breathe in or life ends. So we breathe in and the breathing in is the promises of who he is. You are my amazing God. Psalm 18, you're my fortress and my rock and my redeemer. You're my savior, my Messiah, my king of kings. You offer forgiveness as I just lay myself before you, just breathing in the promises. And now we're refreshed and re-energized to look again at, Lord, just help me let go of me. What needs to go? As we just breathe, breathe throughout the day. I mean, we're talking times and times per day where you're just saying, forgive me, Lord. Help me release that, Lord. You're amazing, God. I'm awed with you. Cleanness. It's what Ephesians 5 talks about is being filled. I'm telling you. It'll rock your world. It'll change your life. If you really practice the cleanness regularly, daily, letting him change you. Worship. It's attitude. It's willingness. It's cleanness. The fourth one. It's direction. Letting him direct. I mean, we're talking about power time in his word. We're talking about stepping into his word, not saying, all right, I'll read eight or nine verses and I'll check a box and I'm done. Let me get out of here. I've read some black and white on the page. It's over now, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like, Lord, I'm coming with expectancy. I'm coming because you promised to meet me in your word and I am ready to be met. What do you have? What do I need to change in my thinking? What do I need to address in my being or doing? God, I'm ready to meet you in your word. You come with that prayer of expectancy. Before you open it, just saying, I am here to meet you, God. I am coming with expectancy. Amen. And then open your word. You watch what God has in store. And now I'm talking about opening it up and saying, Lord, help me to observe some things that are going on, right? It begins with the letter O. Help me to find the biblical principle that's being taught here. The truth based on God's character that doesn't change. Principles. So the the observations and the principles. And then the A, the application. So what do I do with it in my life? Based on the fact that I'm going to this school or I'm working in this job or I'm uh, parenting in this family or whatever our responsibilities might be. The O-P-A, right? And what's it spell? Opa, right? I mean, it's like, I'm coming with expectancy, man. And when I'm done with it, like, Opa, I'm talking about change in my life. Lord, rock me. I want this to be a power time in your word. That's where I'm going. Let God direct you. 
as you live and breathe in his word. Take time there, okay? Some of you are like, well, that's great, but we've been doing these daily readings and like, newsflash, it's done, Tim. Did you know that? The going home thing ended last Friday and now what? Okay, open up your bulletins if you want. So there's a 20-day reading challenge we put in there for you, okay? A 20-day reading challenge. It's available for you to use and read. The church, like, this is basically going to be the book of Mark heading up to Easter. So you'll end right on Good Friday with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, ready to celebrate him, okay? It's 20 days it's available. It fits right in there. If you want to use it, go ahead and use it. It's available to you. We'll put the five days in each week in the bulletin. It's up on the web. You can get all 20 days up there if you want. You can tell others about it that way. So you have your reading plan, okay? Some of you are like, yes, more checkboxes, right? Okay. Go ahead and use them. Use it to a power change with him, though. All right? Spend some time with him. This is going to be a great opportunity for God to just address us on who Jesus Christ is and how awesome he is coming up to Easter Sunday. All right? So that's an opportunity for you there. Do spend some time worshiping him. Attitude. Willingness. Cleanness. Direction. Letting him change you. Top three results if you do worship him. Top three results for worshiping him. You ready? Number one, you're going to say this word. Wow! Like, God is awesome! That's one of the number one results of worshiping him. As you really spend time getting to know him, you're walking around and you're like, do you know what I learned today? Do you know what God does? Do you know how he thinks? This is who God is. This is what he's talking about. That's the verbiage of somebody who's worshiping him. Wow. Try saying it with me. You ready? Wow. No, try saying it with me like you've seen him. Okay. Ready? Wow. That's what I'm talking about. Like it echoes in the room. Wow. Okay. Getting excited about who God is. Second thing we say. A little bit more subdued. Why? It's the joy. It's the peace. What's that? How do you spell that? I don't know. Put a little bit of spit on there. I don't know. Yeah. Now you threw me off. All right. Just this deep breath. This relax. It's joy and peace in your life. It's this deep river of satisfaction that God is moving in your world and you are in a line with him. It brings a joy when you abide with him. John 15. That cannot be overcome by anything in the world. It's wow. It's whew. And the last thing is like when that little problem is tapping at your shoulder, it's when you say, that ain't nothing. Like the problems are not distracting. That's nothing, okay? The problems are not distracting. That's a big deal. If you can say, wow, look at my God. And whew, Man, it's just so good to know him. And those problems are nothing. That's the results of worshiping him. I know when I'm talking to somebody worshiping him. Because those three things are telltale in your life. We're called to worship. Notice this. This is John Piper. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Hang on. I thought you said we were talking about missions. Yeah, just a second, though. We need to get context. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exists because worship does not. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. 
When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. But worship, worship abides forever. John Piper's insight to worship and in in its connection with missions. So question, how are you doing in worshiping him? What's distracting you? Come on, we've all got them. I got to tell you, this is probably the most challenging point for me that I've had in a number of weeks. No distraction. Eyes focused on him. Make sure you are worshiping him. Go after it this week like you've never gone before. With attitude, with willingness, with cleanness, and with direction. And watch him blow you away. That's worshiping our God. First step. Be consumed with the passion for worship, okay? Second, here we go. The mission of the church is missions. The mission of the church is missions. We need to make sure that we are all about reaching out and bringing others to know him. The mission of the church is missions. Let's just dive in here, okay? He says in verse 19, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, go therefore and make disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is basically saying this, just so we're clear, like I got it going on. Uh, just so you understand, yeah, I'm all that and more. Just so you get it, I am it. Everyone under me. See these 10 or 11 or 12 or however many are worshiping right before me? They're getting it. I want y'all 11 to hear this. Our goal is 11 billion worldwide. And you can see him like, you're awesome, Lord. You're... Did he just say worldwide? <laughs> like, how do we do that? that right. you're, you're incredible, God, right? It's this call to 11 to say, we're going to make disciples all over the world. This is what needs to be going on everywhere. Our job is to go and make disciples. Okay, so a couple things to evaluate here. It says, go and make. In the English, those are two commands, right? Go, make. In the Greek, there's actually only one command there. It says, make disciples. The first part says, as you are going. That's a big difference. As you are going, make disciples. Now that ing word, the as you are going, it takes on some heat when it's attached to an imperative like that. So that's why the English, they kind of just said, hey, the best way we can capture it is two imperatives. But the reality is, it's wherever you're at and whatever's going on and whoever you're meeting as you're going, this is your job. Make disciples. Complete followers of Jesus Christ, absolutely worshiping him with all you've got. Make disciples. That's really the definition of missions, is that we need to be out and about bringing people in and raising them up. Bringing them in, like conversion. Helping them come from the non-worship to the worship of Jesus Christ. Converting. But more than that, not just being lame, barely get it worshipers, but growing and maturing to be complete Followers, total worshipers, God raised up in their lives, making disciples. You know, we talk about a disciple, a complete disciple, as being one who has four W's in their life, right? And what are those four W's? Worship, walk, work, and witness. What are the four W's? Worship, 
walk, work, and witness. Worship, like knowing and adoring him. Walk, growing to be more like him. Work, serving him within the church. And witness, taking him to the streets, to those who don't know him, and sharing him there boldly. That's what we're about, a complete disciple. And here's the problem. Some people are like, I love studying the word, man. I'm in small groups. I read 52,000 books a week. I'm amazing. I love just pouring into growing, okay? Eh, I don't do that serve thing in the church, and I'm certainly not going out into the community. That's not me. But I do this other, right? And then there's others. They're like, dude, I love being on the street. I do it all the time. I'm not in a small group, and I don't really serve in the church. And see, are you hearing it? What we end up having is not complete disciples, but selective disciples. They choose which W rocks their world and then they go after it. That's not what he's talking about. We're not buffet shopping. I'll take a little chicken, a little meat. No, skip the meatloaf. Take a little, right? That's not it. It's God, I'm here to be complete in you. May all four W's in my life be reflected to your glory and to your honor. May I know you and adore you. May I grow to be more like you. May I serve in the church and may I be out in the community. Complete discipleship. That's our goal here. Building complete disciples. Not just followers who are randomly doing what they want. It's a big difference. Notice he also says, make disciples of all nations. That's how we got global today. Okay? We're talking about global missions today because of that phrase. Make of all nations. Like our job is to make sure that we get this word out, not just in our own backyard, but really that we take part in getting it out everywhere. And what's our plan to do that? What are we doing to consistently reach out beyond this area and make an impact to God and his glory? He says to make disciples of all nations. Just imagine... If we all were as on fire as we could be, and we all just couldn't help but talk to the ones next to us and let them know, whether at work or in our family or in our neighborhood, and we just continued to shine for him at the highest levels possible, where they didn't look and say, well, they're either a very nice person or they know the Messiah of the universe. But instead they go, clearly there's something so different in them that they absolutely know someone that I do not. I need to know what you know. Help me understand what I need to understand. May we passionately reach out. That word missions. Now let me say it to you this way too. Let's be careful. I need everybody to do this for a second. Ready? You're going to grab inside your head and take the definition of mission and missionary and you're going to yank it out and set it next to you. Okay? You ready? Everybody take your hands. Here you go. Pull out that definition, now set it next to you. Okay, I only saw about a third of the hand. So the rest of you either don't have a definition or you're refusing to participate. Okay, (laughs) here's the reality. We have preconceived notions. And I got to tell you, those preconceived notions can kill us. When we say the mission of the church is missions, hear me on what I mean by that. Okay, let's be careful. Because some of us are like, oh, I know what missions and missionary work is. You have to go to a foreign country. If it's not foreign, it's not missions. Okay, you have to be able to learn a new language. If it's not a new language, it's not missions. If you're not eating the weirdest food I've ever seen, it's not missions, right? Like some of us define, and hear me, that is missions. They're going to other cultures and they're sharing. That's a very real part of missionary work. But let me tell you, it's also 
much less than that, too, as far as going cross-culturally. It's about bringing the message. Actually, if you look up the definition of missionary in Webster's, one of the key definitions is just a person sent with a mission. Well, that would be like all of us. Yeah. We do have to make sure we realize that we've got a job in our own backyard and with our friends and family. We are, of sorts, missionaries right where we're going. And then more. So here's my challenge. I think we need to consider missions in this regard. There's mobilizers and there's missionaries. Mobilizers. There's like people sending. If everybody was just going, you're all walking past each other in the middle. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird plan to just say everybody has to go. There's mobilizers. We send out. And then those people that are sent are very called to that area and making an impact. And then there's missionaries. So do it right where you are. So as you're going, reach out. And wherever you've been called to go, reach out. And may we support those who are sent out. Amen? The question is, are we ready to mobilize? And are we ready to be missionaries? Over the next two weeks, we're going to talk about how we can do our thing to being missionaries. Today is about mobilizing. How do we send out to that global arena and reach out for him to build worshipers? There was a girl who uh, was known by Francis Chan... And uh, she was in one of his classes. He was teaching a communications class. And she wanted to speak on, um, well, basically she wanted to speak on Jesus Christ and his awesomeness in a public school. And so she kept praying, God, please show up. Please, God, help me show, help me do this in the right way. Please show up in my life. Lord, please be there. It was almost a pleading for days. And finally she was reading her word and all of a sudden she kind of grasped this. God was saying, "Hun." I'm going to be there. Don't worry. I've invited you to my party of worship. You're not inviting me to yours. Let's do this thing together, recognizing that God Almighty is at the center of it all, and it is his party, and it is his worship, and it is about his being the center, and us saying it's all about you, Lord. You're awesome. Amen? Amen. That's what it's about. Let's worship him with all we've got. Celebrate him with all we have. As a church, we're called to make disciples. The mission of the church is missions, building followers. And now the third point. The mission of missions is the church. So the second point was the mission of the church is missions. The third point is the mission of missions is the church. In other words, it always comes back around. We're building a circle here. Notice what he says at the end of verse 19 there. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Here we go. How do we do that? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I will be with you always to the end of the age. Here's the plan. Baptizing. Like demonstrate publicly you're following me. Say, I can't help but say I love him and I'm with him. Baptizing. Teaching to obey. Here's the word. Here's what's going on. Here's all that's taking place. You'll be amazed at how great our God is. Teaching all that Jesus Christ has commanded to obey that. And then he says, by the way, I'm going to be with you. John 16, we're told the Holy Spirit is with us to convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment. Him at work. Hmm, What place do we know of? where there's baptizing and teaching, where there's absolutely solid preaching and worship, where we're literally experiencing the holiness of God in our lives and his presence. And it's the church. He's saying, here's the plan. Keep pulling together individuals 
and helping them to come to know me. But those individuals gathering together, they start to become a collective celebration unit, a local expression of the universal church. And now all of a sudden he says, hey, this promise, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. Like he's got a plan to raise up worshipers. Now hear me on this. He does mean the universal collection of all people will not be prevailed against. And oftentimes we're like, well, I built a building and I put the word church on it. So now he, nothing can prevail against me. False. Be very careful. We need to be passionate, powerful, God-focused worshipers pointing to him, raising him up. And that's the place where he thrives and grows. Amen. Let's be very careful not to claim that. So all of a sudden we don't have to continue to follow him because we put a little name on us. It's not about the name. It's about following through. May our local expression actually mirror the universal worshipers and mirror God himself. Amen. That's what it's about. It's may God be glorified in this place. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The mission of missions should never end with one person coming to Christ. It ends with pulling those people together into a collective celebration unit called the church. Here's a couple of things you might want to hear that Harvest is doing. What are some things we're doing globally here about missions? First, you might want to know this. Our battle cry is a church for every people. That's what we're going after. A church for every people. Anywhere, everywhere in all the universe, may that be what we're continuing to help build. One at a time, building those churches so that God can be glorified and worshipped. The other battle cry, you just heard it. The mission of the church is missions. And the mission of missions is the church. So what are we doing with that? Well, here's an example. Harvest Bible Chapel, Denver. We planted in Denver last year, right? So we sent over seven or so families. We sent the senior pastor and his wife. We sent some money, about $60,000, to buy their portable church, you know, screens and speakers and all that. And they ended up getting going last fall. They were typically running somewhere in the mid-hundreds through Christmas and all that's going on there. I mean, it's you got mountains and you got snow and you got skiing. And they were working with bringing people together to commit to church. And they started up small groups. Here's where they're at now. 142 people are in small groups. 240 people are attending the church. Grasp this. Nine months ago, it was a thought. Now there's 240 worshipers on the ground in Denver. Some of you are like, I thought we were doing global missions. Denver? 82% unchurched, not following Jesus Christ in that town. 82%. They're reaching out to impact a community and bring a light to a dark community. And God is at work. Amen? That's one spot where we've been participating with God. Another one that we got going on. You know, we're talking about working with uh, Harvest Bible Chapel uh, worldwide. So we're working with Romania. We've got a, a church over there in Ployest, Romania. And Pastor Kent's sitting on their elder board. And I'm working with them just kind of as a mentoring role. And we're participating in some cash needs. It's a church of about 70 or 75 and growing. It's in a very rough, dark community. It's very hard to grow church over there because worship... Worship's broken, man. They don't get who God is and what's going on. And they're bringing a light to a dark community. We're going to be working with Romania this next year or two or three, and we're going to see where God takes it. We're, we're right now talking about working with Central America. There's a good chance we could be working there with somebody. We've got uh, Steve McGinnis, our pastor, who's down in Nicaragua right now, coming back tomorrow. Pray for a safe flight for him. 
He's uh, been down there teaching some biblical counseling to them. There's a church that's looking to flip over, possibly become a harvest. We're looking to see what we can do to help out, possibly planting one of the first, well, actually the first Central American Harvest Bible Chapel. And uh, we're excited about church plant worldwide. That's a big part of what we're doing. Another one you might want to hear. Um, churcheshelpingchurches.com. Have you heard of that? Okay, those of you who've been around for a year have heard of that. Because we talked about this with Haiti last year. Churcheshelpingchurches.com. The thought is this. When there's disaster, when an earthquake hits, when a tsunami hits, the, the, the cities get imploded upon, they get obliterated. Well, one of the last things that ever gets touched is the church. Because those monies have to come from private means. So churcheshelpingchurches.com. Picture it in your head. Picture a little church. Whatever it looks like to you. Church. Now a hand reaching out, helping. And now another church, right? Churcheshelpingchurches.com. So all you visual learners, you were just assisted, right? Okay. So churches, some of you are laughing, like, thank you very much. So I appreciate it. Churcheshelpingchurches.com. Hey, if you want to participate in this Japan thing, or even getting on board with what's going on with the Haiti thing, and you want to direct some monies financially, that's a place to go. Churcheshelpingchurches.com. You can donate right online. We're not going to do a special give thing this time here, but it is absolutely a great place for you to go as they help restore the church in Japan, bring worship back in strength and in form to be a light in a dark world. Amen? So seriously, go home today. Check out churcheshelpingchurches.com. Give to it. Much better place to go than maybe some of the general humanitarian things where all of a sudden you're helping a physical need. It's done. It's over. This is a lifetime of investment in that city and in that, in that country, okay? Churcheshelpingchurches.com. It is also one that we support uh, as a church here. So those are our global missions. Here's what I want you to grasp. The church is really important to us, okay? The church is essential. That's where we're going globally, okay? God's got a purpose with the church, It's to build his worshipers. And just imagine in every little spot all over the place is church after church after church, all igniting with compassion and passion for him as they worship him. And it just goes to the streets, grows people in, brings it together, and they send out more and they send out more. That's the plan for globally bringing worshipers to the feet of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's our job right here to be mobilizers and more. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the and more. Let's pray and celebrate our Savior.